Hello and welcome to our podcast Taking Chances with me Sohela Joshi and my co-host Anupama Bhalla. Our guest today is Anupreet Dhodi, the co-founder of Am Wholesome, a food service startup that aims to provide healthy, sustainable and gourmet food services to guests. She has 15 years of experience in finance, management and entrepreneurship, plus a certification in permaculture design. which enables her to apply ecological principles and practices to food production and distribution. She has been recognized as one of the 99 women achievers of India for 2023. A passion for ingredients, innovation in food is evident. Her grazing tables they look so good and are what every party needs. Welcome Anupreet to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. Even I'm excited for today. to start off with uh, could you tell us a bit about your background your brand and how did you end up in such a cool career if i may say so <laughs> i come up from a family where my father is into business as a child we've gone and volunteered at my cousin's office who's also an entrepreneur so being in business was somewhere an underlying that we grew up with but of course you know studies college all of that happened and uh, it faded away this was like an underlying but not something that i was keenly looking for after college uh, i joined a stock broking firm i worked as a stock broker there and um, yeah something happened they see that little turning point in life right so for me it was an article that i read in a newspaper by p sainath who spoke about farmer suicides and uh, you know their disconnect and i felt i'm living in a bubble and i wanted to explore more so that was also the time when i got married i told my husband one of the conditions of getting married was i want to travel and explore and figure out what things are what should be higher on my priority and somewhere in those couple of years when my husband and i we backpacked and traveled across the world i realized that food is my calling growing food especially you know staying close to nature is something that i want to do and uh, later when i had my baby i had to move back to bombay where my parents live and my sister was planning to you know start something of her own she's a chef and i thought you know i have this background of how things are sourced and grown and i can help with that ingredient bit and she can help dish things out and with my prior knowledge in business i can probably take care of the front end and this gene in me which was dormant of starting an enterprise yeah that arose and that's how we started this enterprise so yeah food has been close to my heart for the last 10 12 years now and uh, bringing shape to this organization is something that all of us have come together and done it right so there are artists in our team who make the food look so beautiful that first you feed through your eyes you know your eyes they are satiated and they feel content and that's when your palate gets ready to take the first bite so yeah it's a journey and all of us are involved in it right So um firstly you work with your sister so tell us you know what is the role that she plays what's the role that you play any cat fights that happen and also the the brand name how did you come yeah. about with that So um having a sister the co-founder is uh, the biggest strength and also sometimes uh, you know like a little dark hole on the paper because uh, now that you know we are co-founders we spend most of our times as co-founders and i miss that sisterness in us you know we would share secrets earlier and now we are like oh we're competitors in the sense you know we we're at par we can't open up to what our heart is feeling right now but uh, yeah i mean she has been my biggest strength she understands when 
I need time off with my son who's a toddler. You know, had it been another working atmosphere, it would be far more professional than this. And also I understand her strengths and weaknesses. So I play around it, you know. She comes from a food industry as a chef. She's a trained chef. So her strength is, of course, you know, maintaining the quality, the taste, the flavors, the aesthetics. All of that is her strength. I lead the admin and operations, ensuring the processes are being followed, the sales are coming in more of the number crunching and accounts bit. So it's a good mix to have a co-founder like her because our strengths are mutually exclusive. You know, there are boundaries that we cross and then there are meetings where we come together. But more often, we're working independently with our own teams. Uh, This happened during COVID and we just wanted to start. You know, this was an impromptu thing. Rather, we'd started a couple of weeks prior, just an experiment. You know, is this something worth doing? Is this happening? And people were like, yes, bring your food on. We need more of it. So then we were like, okay, some invoices. What should be the name of the invoice? What is available? And we were like, yes, right now it is food. But uh, we're thinking of the holistic bit. So we don't want to just look at food as an ingredient or something that fills up your stomach. How can food enrich you? What is it that we can do to make this circle more holistic? So we were thinking more on the lines of wholesome. You know, it's not just food. Tomorrow it could be yoga. The other day it could be, you know, living on a farm. It has to be a holistic approach to living and food is a part of it. Hence the name wholesome where the food is coming and telling you that I am wholesome. And yeah, it is wholesome to look at for sure. (laughs) Kudos to your artists for sure. And I'm sure the food's brilliant. So, you uh, you know, the whole food landscape is really, really changing. I mean, if you just go back a decade, stuff that's not there, which is there now. And like you rightly said, you started during the pandemic and the pandemic changed a lot of things for a lot of people. So there are a lot of people out there doing you know, home cooking, there are different kind of cuisines that are there. You can easily go and eat Korean food, Japanese food. You really don't need to think and stuff like that. So in this ever-changing landscape and, you know, this great stuff that I see when I go to your Instagram and so on. But irrespective of that, things are going to keep changing. So what do you see as next challenge that's going to come about food industry? And how do you see yourself looking at that challenge and, you know, moving ahead and being relevant in this space? I see people being more conscious about what they eat now. I mean, a lot of these terms have come only in the last 10 years, right? Vegan, gluten-free, lactose intolerant. True. They understand that something is happening to the body. And if it is going to give them that sense of laziness for a long time, they rather not eat that bite. You know, people have learned to you know practice self-control when it comes to food. And also, they know when to indulge. You know, intermittent has come in as, you know, a lifestyle change now. And over weekends, we see a lot of youngsters, especially, they indulge. And during the week, they are completely on a home-based food diet. So, consciousness on, on two levels, I would say. One, what they are eating. And second, where are these ingredients coming from? You know, like now there are cafes opening up where... They say that we know all the ingredients and we directly are connected with all the farmers. So I feel in the next few years, the farm to table concept is going to take up. People are going to come be a part of the process of cooking in some sense and also ensure that things are coming in a organic, very pure form to them. So I think we are kind of ready for that bit. Also, you know, seeing the change, we're waiting for people to start asking these right questions. I think our background work is almost thorough. The moment people say, hey, we need gluten-free, like for Anita Dongri earlier this year, we did an all-vegan Rajasthani menu. So imagine dal bati without ghee. 
but we knew how to get the flavors right there are people if they ask we are ready with the answers you know with with an extended team of chefs now you name it you know gluten free korean food we can make it you know indian mithais without sugar we can make it so we have an extended team which is doing r&d the trials are happening every day we also run a cooking studio so chefs have to come up with 10 new recipes and teach so in order to teach 10 new recipes they have to do a homework on about you know 20 30 other recipes so they are always you know always ahead of time i would say rather you know so just extending the whole health thing that you spoke about you know one keeps hearing about oh don't have sugar have sugar have less coffee have more coffee chocolate is good wine is good and chocolate is bad and wine is bad So there's all this information going around about what's good, what's not good, what's healthy, and so on. So according to you, what would be a healthy meal? What is it that one shouldn't have at all, or is it that everything in moderation is good? So if I were to ask you, what according to you is a healthy meal? What would you say? I think uh, I like the idea of indulging on a couple of days in a week. and the other days is also the time to be strict and firm and eat a lot of raw a lot of salads good quantity of soup also the food that we grew up eating right you know so for me i can't relate to you know no gluten so easily because i come from a north indian punjabi family so roti has to be a part of a meal not so much rice but you know roti sabzi and that's also something that i have to pass on to my son so you know one meal together as a family family meal whatever is cooked at home has to be like that either lunch or dinner for me and uh, yeah a lot of healthier options and towards the weekend when you meet friends when you step out go to a restaurant that's not the time to look at is there sugar in it is there gluten in it you know that's the time to indulge yeah i mean you said north indian so i, I love my chola bhatura <laughs> so <laughs> you got to have it once in a while and calories be damned Could you give us some examples of what you have on your menu? You know, stuff that ticks all these boxes of being healthy, relevant, and you know, go-to food. So at Wholesome, we have started this concept of sushi cakes, which is also like you know our showstopper. Sushi cakes does not have any sugar. It does not have any gluten. So it's also a lovely form of celebrating birthdays and you know, cutting the birthday cake with something far more wholesome. You know, there is. no ingredient that you can point out and say hey why does this exist here there are no none of these bad whites as they call it a lot of other things are salads on our menu we use very little base our bases are very small if you look at our pizzas the bases are probably 2 3 mm thick that's it that's the amount of gluten we use and they are loaded with veggies they are loaded with cheese cheese is a healthy protein according to us and you know all our meals like they can be had without any gluten component in it lots of cheeses on our menu lots of uh, dim sums so yeah i mean the menu has a lot of exciting things so coming back to the you know this uh, thing that we you know keep hearing uh, you know the buzzwords in the culinary industry which is food is or should be organic it should be sustainable would love to know you know your take on it and your uh, philosophy and how do you make this understanding easy for you know the masses to understand and is it viable for all food brands to go in this direction at the moment no it's not viable uh, because there is a huge gap between uh, the prices of ingredients which are non organic versus organic but having said that i have lived on a farm for a couple of years i've grown organic food i've sold organic ingredients i've been on the other end and uh, 
we as farmers are just waiting for people to change their habits and ask for organic once they start asking we are ready you know it all works in bulk if you say hey i need just like 5 kgs of organic tomatoes a week it's going to come at a premium price but if you say hey every day i need 5 kgs the prices will come down so as farmers we've not changed our pattern or style of growing because people are yet not asking for it so wholesome as a brand is also a funnel that we are creating we're creating deep ties with our clients with our customers or guests once they get hooked on to the flavors and tastes we uh, start sharing the health benefits angle and once they are you know keen on trying out organic or wholesome or more salads then we let them know that hey there there are these farmer markets that happen you know conversations about clean food start happening but it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of personal ties it cannot happen if the person is ordering from zomato where we don't know who that person is we ba- barely get to know that person's name all of these relationships get built over time face to face you know when the person's really appreciative of our food and then we are like hey come over let's meet we are a cloud kitchen we are not a restaurant so we don't meet guests so often unless we go for a grazing table to their house but yeah some bit of conversations after what they've eaten our food leads to them and uh, we offer them options of organic but more often i think people are still not ready you know that price point pinches them or that awareness is not coming it uh, is not asked for unless their family member has had like a huge health issue and then they're like hey we need sugar free stuff do you have it on our menu so i would say uh, if this is a platform to voice out i would say you know let's not wait for crisis to come in let's change our habits earlier let's yeah. consciously ask hey do you know where your ingredients are coming from and we'll yeah. be more than happy to spend that our extra talking to you and letting you know that hey this exists also look at this part of our menu right just tell us a bit about you know grazing tables i mean it's a new concept it's a cool concept and uh, really love watching all the grazing tables that you know you put on your instagram but for our listeners if you can tell what is this trend and what is a grazing table so at a party if you go and if you're having a conversation with a friend more often than not you're disturbed by a server every minute right ma'am lelo ye lelo pani try karo and you know take a drink or whatever we think that's a hindrance and we love these bonds and relationships that get built in a gathering what we've done is we've arranged food bite size portion which do not need a plate so your hands are empty you can have a drink on the side you can take a bite on from one hand and you can continue having conversations the reason why you've come to an event you can indulge in that event more than getting disturbed by people who are letting you know hey this is also on the menu would you like to try this rather when it's your time to eat when you feel you're hungry you go to that corner of the room where the grazing table is set up on that grazing table we have savories we have main courses we have desserts everything that is laid out in a beautiful way so you get to see everything that is there and then you get to pick hey i would like to try this flavor today more often you don't know what else is coming you know what is else is the server bringing on in the next bit so it's a different style of serving you know buffet is old servers are you know a hindrance so here is all the food that is laid out it's getting replenished so you are not being disturbed but when you're hungry you come here you you see everything you appreciate the beauty you take a moment to look around probably taste a couple of bites and then decide hey i would like to eat more of this cuisine today you know this is more flavorful i'm getting called for this and yeah there are desserts so you can choose what you want to eat so grazing table is the way we lay things out it looks beautiful it looks lavish it frees up the host from ensuring you know is the service happening well or not and uh, it gives people a lot of time to bond together without any disturbance 
interesting concept. Must try it out next. You must so come, come next. We come for the teasing table. <laughs> yes, you <I> must. Mean, <laughs> we do a lot of buffets, and now I realize that's an old concept. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, in Bombay during COVID, uh, there were no parties, right? There were no gatherings, and then uh, that little thing opened up for people to host little gatherings at their home. That's when we came up with this, you know, opportunity. We were like, you know, people want to celebrate. Let's do it differently. And also, you can't call in servers, but people want to host it. And you know, food shouldn't be touching. People should, I mean, at least visually, people should not be, you know, serving you. So hence, we were like, let's lay it out, and people have to decide if they want to eat or not, and how much. So you know, just going back to something that you said earlier, and all very valid points about. People need to ask what ingredients are there and what they are eating. They should have the option eating healthy, you know, organic food and all of that. And I think people are moving towards that in little bits and parts. But I think that is going to be the future and should be the future of eating good food because I think there's too much adulteration and that's already happened in our food. So you know, looking at all these valid points, if somebody was to step into the food industry, what would you say are the few key things that they should follow? and what are the tips to success to actually laying out a good road and moving along the food business and succeeding in it people uh, remember tastes they don't forget tastes very easily either good or bad i mean um, on average taste yeah people don't have a strong memory of it but if they've tasted something really tasty they remember it for a long time so sometimes it's okay to say no i cannot serve but serve substandard taste so yeah we've ensured that we've maintained our quality all throughout sometimes we've said hey it's not available we cannot do it and we don't wish to give you something that does not align with our you know taste at the moment so that is one thing on quality bit i would say second uh, be sensitive to uh, the price points of people you know if you offer them all organic you know freshly hand picked in the morning you will not be able to sell it you know investors might back you initially but a price point that the guest is able to pay it should kind of suffice for all your expenses and some little profits right so be sensitive to that how much are you making them pay and third i would say don't pick up a lot of battles at one go like if you want to do all good like i wanted to start all clean no uh, wastage you know my kitchen has to be like tip top and perfect at all times it does not work out right i mean you have to do whatever is best at that moment don't take up a lot of challenges but just start you know don't delay for that perfect kitchen to arrive for the perfect ingredients to arrive for the perfect team to arrive you just start where you are like for us we started from my sister's home kitchen she's single so you know like lesser hassle at her place and um, yeah we started from her kitchen initially until her landlords were like okay too much is happening now please find a place for yourself then we rented in a small chawl uh we were like let's see if this is even making sense so bit by bit you know one small tiny office to the second slightly bigger to the now you know third much bigger we started off with an oven that was gifted by my mother in law you know several years old and it was lying unused we were like this is the oven we are going to start off with we're not spending more money you know the hand blender that my sister was using at her house an extra one was brought home same with the case you know a refrigerator from here and there we did not buy any equipment until i think the second or the third month we were like what is the point in you know having all the fancy things then being able to dish out a pastry can you do it without anything if yes then you know up me dum hai you know something like that then you're able to make ends and that's also a mindset right 
today there are no ingredients or one ingredient is missing can you be creative enough and fill up for that ingredient with whatever is there in your kitchen uh, i control purchases and uh, whenever my chefs come to me hey we need a new pasta rolling machine i'm like can you come up with another answer one it's also saves cost second it makes the team think you know they especially the ones who've gone through a culinary school they have just come up with a set design that hey unless i have this equipment i cannot take the next step and i'm like no let's break that mindset who will come up with innovation then if you are only thinking about this perfect roll pasta machine or if we have one machine can we use it through different angles i did this beautiful course called permaculture and while i was farming and uh, it teaches you how to use one equipment or one thing in multiple ways right when we grow a plant it is also a nectar plant for insects for pollination it also gives us fruits and berries probably the leaves are also edible it also acts as a pest repellent sometimes you know and it adds beauty the flowers add beauty to the garden so one thing that you introduce in your kitchen for me one equipment that i introduce has to have a lot of uses you know it can't have just one pasta rolling use so anu uh, you know i wanted to uh, you know take on from where you know you left off and uh, it just seems that you know when food is a creative business but it's also a business right so i just wanted to know how do you play between you know making business sense and allowing creativity to flow which possibly may require investment so how do you balance that because you said that you look after operations so how do you balance that so that you actually help creativity in your business um so i learned something very lovely from my father while growing up i've seen him uh, you know take one portion of the sales of every month in one corner and say these are savings we are not even looking at it we are not touching it and so did my mother you know if she would get the household expense x amount she would just take some bit of money and just put it in her locker probably buy gold and keep it aside she'll be like i'm not even looking at this part now this is a small exercise all of us have grown up with you know parents doing this and i thought at work also from the very first month we have to keep some money aside be it 5% be it 20% whatever is possible just hide it before the vendors take that or before we give out salaries or you know any other expense and from whatever is remaining we have to now spend if we don't have money to buy new equipment we don't have money and creativity also means how do you use your existing things right it does not only mean how you garnish what do you use to garnish like most of our garnishes if you see are microgreens you know what does it take to grow microgreen you take some mustard from your kitchen put it on cotton just like layers of cotton and keep throwing water at it sprinkling water at it for 3 days on the fourth day you'll get microgreen it's as easy and simple as that that is what we are using as most of our garnishes and people are like oh wow you know how did you come up with this and this is so creative creativity is also living in constraints you know these are called creative constraints like i did a couple of workshops where this term was introduced to me that sometimes the barriers and boundaries that you create they kind of get frustrating but they also then stretch your mind to a limit where you come up with thoughts out of the box which you would have not thought of if you were in your comfort zone so when the microwave was taken from you know like uh, in our wedding we received this microwave as the gift and we were like okay this is it you know this is what we have to use they like no but for chocolate you need a different temperature like now let's figure out you know from whatever is available what is that one form of easiest chocolate that we can roll out and in the second month we had these chocolate nut rocks they beautifully you know nuts 
roasted nuts coated with beautiful chocolates we're like this is all if it is then this is all that in our menu is now what are the flavors can we experiment with flavors can we experiment with shapes so yeah creativity is all about you know this is all that i have been given what can i make you know how can i make my life beautiful with whatever i have received so far rather than asking and waiting oh someday if i get that then i will be able to do this and you know and i think at a micro level we are all constantly innovating in our kitchens right i mean there are red is everything that you want for a particular dish is actually there in the refrigerator and i think uh, at least indians and asian moms are you know yes. making good use of everything that's there and i think that's a nice place to build on so i kind of enjoyed the story so coming back to something a bit more serious you know you know i spoke about earlier about how this vast landscape of food and is constantly changing which obviously also means that there's a lot of competition out there right so how do you keep yourself relevant innovative and also protect what you have created right because it's not that somebody else can't create a cake it's not that somebody else can't go organic right so what's special that you do at i'm wholesome and how do you protect that and how do you strategize to be relevant and be innovative because that's really what is required in the food industry so um we change i think what we do is we create uh, competition for ourselves we like see competition is going to exist right we ourselves are our biggest competitors what we were 3 months ago if we keep doing that today people are going to be bored out of it while they want our favorites on the menu they're also coming and asking what is new this season you know now for diwali what is new again for christmas what is new so you know our classic cheeses our sushi cakes they will be on our menu but we need to innovate and in fact uh, i think we are not scared of competition some days we feel that pinch that oh, okay this person has you know given that 10% extra discount and the order has gone to the competitor but we also feel people understand why our prices are what they are there is a lot of uh, customer service that is given to them and uh, now we have understood that this is it we are not going to compromise on the prices and we are only going to increase the quality that we give and our customer experience and people do come back they try out others but eventually they do come back so i think rather than wasting time in what our competition is doing we focus on how can we better ourselves every day how can we change our menu every 3 months how can we innovate and we ourselves i mean we run a cooking studio so we invite people come and learn and what happens as a process is they teach us we teach them and the more we teach them the better we are so you know you would say oh we are creating competition for ourselves and we are happy doing that you know more people should learn how to cook by the time they learn this i would have you know probably innovated something else i am always going to innovate my team is always going to come up with newer recipes newer ways to present newer crockery to present things on newer garnishes to come up with you know newer flavors newer appearances there is so much to experiment i mean the field is out and open and uh, what we offer is everything under one roof we are a large team and we take up smallish orders bigger orders detailed orders which i think others as competition they somehow are not ready to offer everything under one roof so for us we know what our strength is and uh, so be it i think let more people come you know food is something that you have three times a day and there is so much to offer i'm not scared of competition 
So recently, you celebrated your third anniversary. Uh, just congratulations on that. Uh, so tell us one of your most wonderful memories, uh, you know, of starting your business. I mean, there are just so many. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there is this one bit where, uh, you know, my team taught me about humility and hard work. The very first year during Christmas, it was an overload, right? We were a smallish team, hardly like probably 10 of us. And uh, we were not expecting, we didn't know that food and, you know, festivals, they, they run so closely. And suddenly on that one festival day, you have like one month's orders that you have to deliver. So we received a lot of orders and we had decided we are not saying no. You know, if you want to grow and if we want to grow our creativity, we have to learn to say yes initially to everything. If the person says, hey, I want this kind of a cake, figure it out, you know, and then we'll backtrack that how is this made possible. So yeah, there was immense load and all of us were, you know, cooking and rolling and, and presenting and, you know, dispatching things. And uh, while, you know, my job is more of a desk job, I sit and I talk to guests and all of that. This one girl, she just rolled things out. And at the end of the day, I saw her feet were swollen, you know, like her legs were swollen. And she did not even say an ouch during the day. And I was so touched by her. I was like, yeah, you know, what have we done to deserve a team uh, which is putting in all of this hard work for us? That was a very touching moment for us. And the next day we got her a foot massager. You know, she's someone who is so disciplined, is so obedient and so hardworking. I mean, there are several memories like how we have gone to a guest place to give them a grazing table. And then we come back home with, you know, being surprised by the same guest that, hey, you did a, such a fantastic job. Here is a grazing table for you. So many such memories where uh, people have been extremely kind. Our cousins, our family have been supportive. They were our first guests. You know, uh, they were like, you start, we will ensure that people are coming to you and we are giving you the first hundred orders. So our families and guests, they celebrated our first Diwali by taking gifts from us. So yeah, there are immense lovely memories of growing together. And uh, yeah, these have just been like a couple of them. No, and that's so true what you say about, you know, family and friends. And, um, you know, I too have a food business. And Anu was, you know, one of the first customers of mine. I mean, honest to the T, but, you know, she really support still date and that's so important because you need this support system a lot where you know they really believe in you and your mission and you know what you want to do so I completely uh, understand when you say that a family and friends coming together can really give you a good start and uh, can be very helpful you know I've been meaning to ask this because I mean we've been talking about food and uh, Sohila talks a lot about your food because obviously she is also in the food business and she's tried stuff I haven't which I should now so next Sohila and I had crazy table in Bombay but you know just I mean, you said you started during COVID, so it's been a few short years and, you know, you've reached a place where people I speak to have heard about you or have come and tried stuff or bought stuff from you. So one, of course, is your food that speaks for itself. But I just wanted to understand the whole process of marketing that got involved in this, right? Was it the traditional way of, you know, word of mouth that a lot of home chefs have thrived on? Or how much have you relied on marketing in terms of social media or otherwise? What percentage has worked through word of mouth and what have you actually done beyond that to put yourself and I'm wholesome out there? Initially, it was all word of mouth. Uh, people ate our food, they relished it and we uh, did not shy away from asking them for references. 
and we also uh, nudge them that hey if you know of somebody in your circles please spread the word we've been very high on customer service from day one you know if there is some goof up that has happened we've not shied away from saying sorry apologizing and doing that you know recovery at the right time we've also ensured that every guest gets a personal message like initially when the orders were fewer i would sit and send a thank you message to every guest you know had they bought like a little pizza to like a bigger grazing table i'd be like i have to end my day by thanking this person for supporting our small business and you can you know randomly just pick up any guest and ask you know did you receive a message most likely like 95% of them would have yes so these little things go a long way in gathering feedback and um, if the person has denied an order or did not like it then my antenna stand up and i'm like okay now today i have to have a conversation with this person what went wrong and what is it that we can do right so f- gathering feedback asking them to recommend and we don't now we don't even ask now they know that you know tomorrow if they need gourmet food or somebody in their network needs it they will pass on our number because we ensure that we leave that premise pick and span and you know probably leave a flower on the dining table with a note thank you so much for having us over so these little gestures they touch people they go a long way and i feel uh, that's what we want to focus on building relationships and not just externally within the team also you know we want to ensure that our team is very happy we take them out for you know outdoor activities or holidays we want to ensure that they are our strength they are the pillars on which our foundation is laid right so if we keep them happy they ensure that all of these processes are followed and our customers are happy the food is the quality is ensured now one person or two people two co-founders cannot do everything we have to now step the team up to that level that i am now replaceable i can step out and they will run the show so keeping people happy has been our strength and i think that's one thing that we've done right from day one i agree it's people's business and really people make the party so you've got to got to have them on your side future plans if you can share what's coming next for you and for your brand i think we let things evolve so i come from an organized you know college background right so the first year was spent in sitting with my sister and i'm like what is our business plan you know what is coming next and she like i don't know it will evolve and you know in the last 3 years she has become slightly more organized in thinking for the next year or two and i have been okay with not thinking of 10 years down the line you know so somewhere we are like okay we have plans for the coming year or two we want to get into weddings we were lucky enough to be invited by uh, radhika merchant and anand tambani's uh, family to do a grazing table for their their you know one of their events earlier this year and uh, that gave us some clarity that yes we are ready to do weddings now so getting into weddings getting into more farm to table you know one step closer to that perhaps um, launching our own merchandise so there are a couple of things in the pipeline but we always have that space for magic to evolve you know universe is taking us in some direction and if we have too many plans on our you know diary then we're not leaving enough magic to unfold so we also want to have that you know space for grace to flow and take us where we are meant to be spontaneity always has space life yes that's true i agree with that yeah that has brought us where we are today i mean had we had plans we wouldn't have evolved this way i'm glad you know we we took it one step at a time 
of course you know plan for money plan for crisis all of that is there but bigger plans i think they just happen you focus on the team you focus on quality and then things just come that's what i have witnessed and now you know mba and whatever they are uh, charts of horizons of 5 or 10 years they are like okay they are important but not that important anymore so this uh, brings us to the end of our questions and we have a short rapid fire and uh, you know we'd love for you to like you know respond to like simple questions sanu you want to start so of course this is going to be beyond work so what are kind of books that you like and what's the book that comes to your mind immediately when you say oh i love this one <laughs> um jonathan livingston seagull uh, it's a really tiny book yeah but i think i go back to that book often in again you know letting the universe guide you on the next steps i like more books inclined towards spirituality and uh, you know things which slow you down which make you think deeper um not just 5 or 10 years but what is the purpose in this lifetime and money will come and go career will come and go family will be there for a longer time but eventually it's you at the end you know right. we've come alone we'll go back alone wow and what is worth spending this lifetime on so yeah i like to spend time reflecting on that bit yeah but any food uh, icons that inspire you so my sister would be the right person for this uh, but i would say yeah i mean i'm more i mean if you ask me for farmers who grow food i i can give you like a list of 500 people and also the slow cooking movement right i am little interested in that bit yeah i have a lot of friends who are chefs so I'm inspired by them and uh, i think amongst the famous ones i like the ones who keep it low i like grisham fernandez and how he works and what is food to you what comes to mind when you say food food is something that makes us all come alive it uh, you know you can see growth you can see magic unfold when you put a seed in the soil and something comes up and then uh, it takes different forms you know it's nothing it's soil it was lifeless in some sense right in some languages you call it dirt yeah but soil gives birth to something which was dormant with the help of water and some nutrients which are not visible and magic happens right so for me it is seeing magic unfold and take beautiful shapes like you know vegetables and leaves and fruits and then all of it coming together on a plate that's life for us so yeah it's a way to see universe's magic unfold No, so I'm going to ask you something. Just like my chola bhatura, what's that one thing you eat, irrespective of the calories? We have enough travel, good food. So, what's that one thing you're going to eat? My mom makes excellent rajma chawal, and uh, it has been a ritual at our home on Sundays. Like we would have this rhythm of going to the gurdwara or going for the swim, you know, alternate Sundays, and then coming home and having that. feast of rajma chawal and then taking like a 3 hour long nap yeah. so yeah <laughs> i have that soft corn of a rajma chawal and finally anu what's on your message board if you have one is there like a little posted or on your laptop is there a note that you know constantly reminds you of something what would that what is that just keep going i think for me issues will come problems will come and uh, mind has the tendency to say ah okay not in this phase you know you are a mother you have parents to take care of and then blah 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 you know slow down and that post it says just keep going little by little things will build up so for me also I me mean, at work sometimes there are troubles sometimes there are like days when you're like oh why am i doing this hello 
but that poster is like you know this too shall pass just keep going correct so with that anu thank you so so much for you know joining us on this podcast i can say for anu too that we've had a wonderful conversation and really looking forward yeah. for our listeners to you know hear you speak you've been really open to share your world with us so thank you for that thank you so thank much you soda so and anupama but this is incomplete without the wholesome treats yeah i mean i can probably make you jealous by showing you all the lovely food on the screen Oh. But please come over and uh, have like yes, a meeting. Yes, we shall uh, actually. Yes, we should come. And as we are in Bombay anyway, so I think. Yes, I mean we have a little space which uh, we open up to our guests like every Wednesday. Just book a slot and come over, and we'd love to have conversations with you. Oh, that's so lovely! Great. Thank you yeah, so we'll much. See you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. It was fun to be on the podcast today. We hope this podcast encourages you to follow your dreams listeners. We will be back very soon with more chance takers. Till then have a good day and do like and share this podcast.